Amen. It's good to be here today. I am not going to turn the fan on, because I think there's some here. I, I see people wrapped in in the swaddling clothes and <laughs> you know, look like Christmas time around here. <clears throat> anyway, um, I know that's uh, and I'm and I'm not I'm not warm right now. I might warm up later, but who knows? I uh, we had what what might have been a customary thing to to possibly prepare a message today. It's good to see everyone here today. It's a blessing to to be with you. But it's uh, what might have been the plan of possibly continuing on in uh, the parables of Jesus, which we've been preaching on, and got to the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, and even Brother uh, Victor knows this, that uh, we got there and kind of camped a little bit, and talking about the parables of the kingdom, Jesus' first parables as as he calls them parables, Uh, prior to that there were several, there were a number of them, but... Um, and had thoughts of continuing on with that message, and the Lord just uh, burdened my heart rather uh, with something else. And uh, and with that, it means that I have very cryptic notes today, and also even have uh, drips of uh, melted cheese on the on the notes. And so uh, uh, if I if I uh, you know if it smells a little different, that's probably what it is. So. Anyway, the message may, <laughs> may smell a little different today, but uh, it is good to be here, and I and, uh, want to look at Job today, so we'll go, go to the 13th chapter of the book of Job today, <clears throat> read verses, we'll read verses 13 to 15 here, very familiar passage of scripture, a very familiar uh, statement that Job makes here in the 15th verse, but Job chapter 13, he has gone through the uh, first round, if you will, he's gone through a round of of listening to his friends, uh, speaking to him about uh, what it is to walk with the Lord and, and how things should work out when you do, and uh, today I want us to think a little bit about what Job says here, as, as well as some things that he said uh, in other passages here, but I want to think on the subject of today, a, a uh, though yet faith, a though yet faith, and that'll be what we think of today, and it's based on what verse 15 says, but let's read verse 13, How, hold your peace. Let me alone that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Notice those words. Let come on me what will. Verse 14, Wherefore, or why, wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth, and, and put my life in mine hand? Why take my life in my hand? You hear that? Though he slay me, verse 15, yet, though yet faith, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. A though yet faith. Summary of the message today. Give you the summary before the 
message. Uh, you'll. There are those who believe, and there is a youthful kind of a faith that we can possess that actually um, is more concerned about what God is going to do when we put ourselves in His hands. I believe in putting ourselves in the Lord's hands. We need to be putting ourselves in His hands and not in our own hands. And I think there's something that's said in Job's words here about that. But, I, but, I, there's, but there, it is a youthful faith and, and, an, and, and perhaps uh, an appropriate faith at times that says that we're just going to trust and, uh, and, and have faith when it looks like God is doing what we appreciate and what we want Him to do. And, um, you know, young in our Christian life, or if we were raising our children, we just wanted them to have some kind of a trust that, in God. And, and that, that when you put your trust in God, things will work out. We believe that from an ultimate standpoint that everything's going to work out, but not necessarily to our liking all the time. And so, as we think about that. But the more mature faith, let me say it this way, that the more mature faith will learn to wait on God for whatever He might purpose and totally leave outcomes to His, to Him without any discouragement leaving I had to say that word discouragement didn't I Uh, without any discouragement leaving it in his hands and not being so discouraged as to uh, while we wouldn't say we wouldn't curse God and die but not be so discouraged not be those who are smitten by what's happening around us but rather as the Lord's people um, having a though yet faith. And so that's what we're thinking about today. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go further. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, dear Lord, for the way you walk with us every day. Lord, though sometimes we go through times that we don't feel that, we don't sense that, it doesn't seem that's happening. And yet, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us as your people to, to... always trust you to depend on you because you have done such an amazing work of saving us by your grace where we don't deserve we don't cannot see why or how that you could possibly have done that and yet Lord we know that your purposes are wonderful that they are glorious and we just pray that you might bless today that we would glory in your high purposes we pray that you'd help us to glory lord in in spiritual things and spiritual truths and that root us and that ground us lord and that make us joyful and filled with peace we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor lord bless those that are with us today we pray your special blessings on those who have special needs today your will be done in each life in jesus name amen Okay.
I've already had a little trouble reading my own writing here, so, so that's possibly the way it's going to be. What is it to trust God? <clears throat> one, is, one thought is that is prevalent today is expecting Him to remove all troubles and obstacles. Just trusting God being the idea of just expecting that He's going to clear the way. Expecting that everything's going to work out and He's going to remove all the troubles and obstacles in our lives. And I would submit to you that that's not what faith is. I'll submit to you that that that's really not trusting God and leaning upon Him, but rather is looking to Him as our servant, looking to Him as as the one that's going to do for us. And the three friends found their trust in seeing what God was doing for them. He, they knew what God was doing for them. Uh, so you're not trusting, Job, uh, if that's not happening in your life. <clears throat> if that's not what's happening, if you're, if you're going through life and the things that we are experiencing, the three friends of Job would say, the things that we are experiencing, we don't see in you, we don't see that the outcomes are what they are with us, and therefore, we would say that you're not trusting God. You must not be trusting God when things are going so poorly for you. So what is it to trust God? And I'd say that Job's friends were wrong. I would say that Job's friends had a very elementary level of trusting God. But at the same time, they did not have anywhere near the fullest level of trusting God that Job had. So we get discouraged when things when it when we have the the friend of job approach to faith and definition of faith we get discouraged when things don't seem to work our way when they don't seem to be working out the way we would like them to work out it's that though yet though he slay me doesn't seem that things are working out though he slay me the worst things that could happen. The worst that could happen. Doesn't seem things are working out, right? Though he slay me, yet... That's the kind of faith we should have. A though yet faith. It says, though he slay me, yet... Well, I trust in him. I trust in him, even though he slays me. I, uh, even though things don't seem to be working out. So, remember, even early in Jesus' ministry, remember when the disciples... Um, they were stressing over the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And the water was filling up the boat. And it seems like the, the boat must have been tilted just a little bit this way. Where this is the, hind, the hinder part of the boat. They're all knee-deep in water. And Jesus is still sleeping back in the back. He's laying down asleep. Asleep. Okay? In the back of the boat, the Scripture says. So he's laying down there asleep. And what were the words of his disciples? What were their words? Carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> do, you not, do you not care? Do you not even care that we're going through this time? Do you not even care that, we're, that we are perishing here? Were they perishing? <clears throat> I'll submit to you that they were not. 
They were not. It looked like they were. If they took their own assessment of the situation, they would say they were. None of us would believe would would think any differently. You're going under. I mean, you know, it looks like we're about to perish. Do you not care that we perish? Mark four thirty eight says. And they were leaving. They were leaning. What were they leaning on? They were leaning on their own understanding of the situation. Right. They're leaning on their own understanding of that situation. And when he stilled the storm, and he said, peace be still, their trust became a kind of a first grade trust. That trust that, oh, he's got the power to do anything. (laughs) He can do anything. Now, you know, what does that mean to us that he can... And, and they marveled. They were they were amazed at the fact that he could do anything. But it's it had <clears throat> looked like that he didn't care. That's what it looked like. It's the if, if then uh, the 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 though I should say though though he doesn't look like he's caring yet. Will I trust him? He didn't care. He he asked about their he asked them about their fear. Uh, he asked them about their faith. How is it that you are so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He said. Now these folk, I believe, were disciples of Jesus. They knew him, but they didn't know him fully. And how many of us know him today and don't know him fully? I think the answer should be every one of us. Those of us that know him, we don't know him fully. We know Him enough that we're saved by His grace. We have placed our complete eternal soul in His hands. We have, re- we have rested upon Him. We've leaned upon Him knowing that we don't deserve His salvation, yet we have trusted in Him to give it to us and He has provided eternal salvation for each one of us. Amazing. But now walk with Him. And as we walk with Him, then we find sometimes we're fearful. And we find sometimes we assess the situation with our own understanding. And then we find it sometimes that we really don't have any faith. At least com- com- comparison, kind of comparison and contrast. We don't have any faith. Just like Jesus is saying, where's your faith? How is it that you have no faith? And, and I'm sure that was an insult at least they would take it as kind of an insult. He wasn't insulting them, but it was the truth. He was speaking the truth to them and telling them, where's your faith? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, we all know. <clears throat> Lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not unto thine own understanding. What are we leaning on today? We're leaning on the Lord or are we leaning on our own understanding? We see things go wrong and we think, it seems that the Lord doesn't care. It seems that things are out of hand or out of kilter and, and not what they ought to be. And there's a way in which we look at life and we say that a lot of things are not what they ought to be. We know that. We know there's, there's a lot of responsibility that goes around. Whenever someone has raped a victim, then they deserve justice. They deserve to be punished, justly punished. They're the cause of, of in, you know, irreparable harm. 
They're the cause of damage that is undoable. They're the cause of things that are so incredibly awful and such a tremendous evil and such a hurt upon other people. That it is a terrible victim's crime. And we find that it is so that what they deserve is is uh, is is to be justly punished. So, so we look at the scripture, verses thirteen and fourteen. If you'll read with me here, <clears throat> verse thirteen and fourteen, he says, "Hold your peace. Let me alone, that I may speak." And I just hear, I just feel Job. He's like, "Man, you just beat me up enough. Let me alone. Just, just hold your peace. Can you, can you just." listen for a moment what's our problem then <laughs> with our wives not being able to it's it's not that we don't have that we don't have enough of this and that we don't have enough of this and we don't think that we have enough of this it's that we don't have enough of this right we don't listen we're not listening would we listen would can you just listen my wife's probably beat me, gonna beat me up after this message. Do you remember what you said? You know, do you <laughs> what you just preached. Uh, verses thirteen and fourteen says, "Hold your peace. Let me alone, that I may speak. Let and let come on me what will. Let come on me what will." Um, Job seems to think that. Anything could happen to well, a whole lot already has. What could go worse? <laughs> uh, let come on me what will. Just allow that to happen in your theological assessment. <laughs> would you? Would you just let it come on me? Let whatever happens, just let it happen, and don't think that that don't think of it as something that's just divine retribution. But rather, just let it happen to me. Allow it to take place. Allow it to happen. Let come on me what will. Verse 14, wherefore do I take why? The word wherefore here is why. Sometimes it's therefore, but in this case it's why. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in mine hand? Why do I take control? Why would I... uh, take control of this situation, try to take control of this. Why would, you're telling me that it's in my own hands. You're telling me that what's happening here in my life is is, as as a result of of me not taking control. Me not doing or saying or praying or whatever it is in the right way. And he's saying, well, wait a minute, why would I take my flesh in my hands? Why do I take my flesh in my teeth? And why do I put my life in my hand? And then he just comes up with that word, this phrase that the Spirit gives him, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, I'll trust him. Why would I want to take my life in my own hand? Let come on me what will. Let come on me what will. It's okay. What happens to me, it's going to be okay. How many of us have that kind of faith? not me i don't have that kind of faith the short answer though is um, trusting god when we say what is it to trust god 
the short answer is trusting is patiently waiting on the Lord through all the troubles that come our way proving the troubles themselves proving that we are leaning on Him that we're really leaning on Him trust in Him patiently through all the troubles that come our way Job had plenty proving that we're really trusting in Him and not just in the circumstances and not just in things working out the way we want them to work out but really just leaning on Him on Him lean on Him so when a trouble comes this is not a sign that we haven't been trusting Him when a trouble comes it isn't an automatic red flag and signal that we haven't been trusting God rather it's an opportunity to trust Him when those troubles come sometimes we think some, some people have the idea that trusting is before the troubles come and that if you're trusting the troubles won't come if you're trusting you won't have the troubles no, trusting is where the I mean, the troubles are where the trusting starts we're not really trusting God whenever everything's working out everything's working out don't have a care in the world don't have a care in the world what am I leaning on? outcomes I'm just leaning on the outcomes. I'm just leaning on the fact that this has worked just fine for me all this time and there's no need for me to change. God interjects trouble and that's the time that we're called upon to trust Him. That's the time that we're called upon to really start leaning upon Him. And we learn what it is to truly trust God when we've got troubles. You say, Wow, that's why I've got all these troubles. <laughs> the Lord's trying to teach me to trust Him. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what He's doing. He is, for every believer, He is working in our lives. And what, is he, what does the Scripture clearly say is going to bring patience in our life? What is it that's going to cause that we trust the Lord more? Tribulation. Tribulation. Trouble. Trouble is what brings about growth in our life. Trouble is what brings about confidence in God. We don't have confidence in God until we've gone through something that causes us to say it doesn't seem that He cares. It just doesn't seem that He cares. It seems that things are not working out. So why? Question number two, we said what is it to trust God first? Why we trust God? Why we trust God as God's people? Job speaking to his wife and he said you know the words but Job 2 verses 9 and 10 he said shall we not receive evil (laughs) just stop with that shall we not receive evil now God doesn't do evil in the sense of sinful things or moral evil okay but he does allow harm to come to our lives he does allow things, and that's the word. That's what the word evil has the implication of there, is hurting us. Something hurting us. And other people can hurt us. And you can say, well, it's wrong for them to do that. Yes, it is. But at the same time, God can allow it. God permits it, and He has a purpose in it, in our lives. And so when, when the hurt comes, when the evil comes upon us, as we read, 
uh, we we sometimes we say God doesn't care. The, the the disciples are out on the Sea of Galilee. The evil's coming on them. The hurt's coming on them. You know they're already knee deep, and it looks like they're about to perish. Or it looks like they're about to die, and and the Lord said, "No, you're not trusting me. No, you're not leaning on me." And and so evil shall we receive? Shall we not receive evil? Lord, why do we trust in God? Why do we trust Him? To Job's friends, he said, Job said, Will you speak wickedly for God? Look with me in chapter 13, verses 5 through 7. We're we're here in chapter 13. Look at verse 5. It says, Oh, that ye would altogether hold your peace. This is this precedes what what he says down there in verse 13. He says, Oh, that you would altogether hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. Hear now my reasoning, and hearken to the to my to the pleadings of my lips. Will ye speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for Him? Are you gonna Are you gonna say that God is just your puppet? Are you gonna say some people talk about God being you know just being uh, us making God a uh, you know that we're puppets as God as far as God is concerned? I see that as the opposite. Sometimes people make God a puppet. I'd rather be a puppet than to be make God a puppet. So, seriously, sorry. But I think I'd rather be the puppet, put me down on that level, and then let God have the, the, the higher level. And yet, whenever people, whenever people have this position and hold the position that God is not free and wise enough to do with His creatures as He will, that tells me that I don't think God has a right to do things that I don't like Him to do. I don't think God has a right to accomplish things like that. So so here we read it. It says, uh, Will ye speak wickedly for God? Job is assessing what they're saying. And he's saying, You're speaking wickedly for God. You know, you're you're talking for God in such a way as he, he wouldn't talk that way. He wouldn't he's not that way. And they he hold him as verse twenty four, they heard they're holding Job in this whole situation as their enemy. Wherefore hidest thou thy face and holdest me for thine enemy? You're you're shunning me and you're holding me as your enemy here, and he's saying, Why? Why are you holding me as the enemy here, given the fact that I'm just going through a time that is the experience that every believer goes through when they go through trouble and learn to lean on the Lord through those times? That's all it's about. And and yet they see him as an enemy because they think, you know, what they thought their faith was doing for them. They thought faith is keeping things bad from happening to them. And Job's testimony is breaking them. Job's testimony is is messing them up. It's messing up their theology. And they don't like that. don't like it that their theology is being messed up. People get taught, true believers get taught things like this. They get off in, in groups where they believe that you know that faith prevents any evils from happening to you and they start listening to those things and they listen to we'll get into it in detail 
But they start listening to these things and they start realizing that's not how life works. That's not how the believer's life even happens. And what happens then? They get discouraged. They get discouraged because they're believing the deceit and the lies that they're being fed that say that faith keeps things from bad from happening to you. And it's not. it doesn't. Is our trust a get-what-we-want-from-God trust? You know, is that what we have? Just a get-what-we-want-from-God kind of trust? Is that why we trust Him? Is because our history has been that God can be trusted because of what He has done for us. Well, I might say that's a youthful trust. Maybe that's an immature trust. But I could also say that if that ends up being the theology that I get drilled into my head constantly, then I would say it's not good. It's not beneficial to me at all. Is that the way we... the way our... our downs... is that why our downs are so down? Is that why our discouragements are so discouraging? Is it why? Because... We're kind of trusting in outcomes, and we're kind of trusting that, like Job's friends were, that things will work out if we'll trust him. Well, Job's trust, and we believe that from an ultimate standpoint, just as we said, Job's trust was a though-yet trust. He trusted God when there seemed to be no reason to do so. That's what it is. You know, that's what real faith is, is trusting God when there seems to be no reason to do so. When it looked like, the Lord, you've been blessing me so prosperously with prosperity, with family, with, with good, your goodness in providing properties and all kinds of things for me. You have been so prospering and blessing me with relations and everything. <clears throat> and now it seems like that's ended. It seems like that's over. And it wasn't over at all. Because the real spiritual prosperity that Job would gain from this experience far outweighs whatever earthly prosperity he might have gained prior. Far outweighs it. Listen, the Lord is working on us on the inside. And He's working. And the real joy that as believers that we experience is not the joy that comes from things. It's not the joy that comes from our our circumstances around us, but rather is a joy that is a deep-rooted joy that is resting in the truths about God, resting in real theology, resting in things that, that, that say, I know this God, my God, and I know my God cares about me. And I know He loves me. And I know there's nothing He would allow to happen in my life. I don't care how bad it looks. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. He can take my life, and yet I'll still, I'll still be trusting Him. Though yet, though, looked like things were bad and getting worse. Yet. Yet. Regardless of what seems to be, I'll trust Him. Yet, regardless of what it might be, and I'll maintain my ways before Him. That's the next phrase. It says, but I'll maintain my ways before Him. 
In other words, I'm going to keep going his way. I'm not going to. I'm not going to divert. I'm not going to get so discouraged that I quit. I'm going to just. I'm going to keep maintaining my ways before him. <clears throat> Israel, remember Israel. We're still asking the question: Why we trust God? Remember Israel acted in unbelief when they saw the spies. Uh, we were talking about this uh, Thursday night, midweek, and uh, and I asked about the. I asked about, you know, what was it that was the act of unbelief, you know, in Israel that caused them not, you know, caused the whole generation not to be, not to go into Canaan and such as that. And, uh, and one of our ladies said, you know, it was, this, they sent the spies over, remember? They sent over the spies and they came back with an answer, came back with a, with a, a, a their own assessment of what the situation was. And they said, there are giants in the land. Yeah, there's these grapes. Great, you know, never seen them like it. Yeah, there's all these other things that Joshua and Caleb say there are. But there are giants in the land. It can't be God's will for us to go over into the land of Canaan and follow Moses into the land of Canaan if there are giants in the land. That can't be God's will. The assessment here, they sent the spies... They heard of the giants in the land. They lean on their own understanding, not trusting the Lord enough to keep doing what He says to do. He said, do this. He said, go into Canaan. You're going to win. You're going to have the victory. I'm going to give it to you in Canaan. But not trusting Him enough to say, I can trust you. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll do whatever it is that you call upon me to do. Be careful about, let's be careful about our own assessment of troubles that God brings to our attention. He's bringing troubles to your attention all the time. All you have to do is watch the news. Watch the news just for a few minutes. (laughs) And you're going to see God bringing troubles before you. Now, sometimes it's good to just turn it off, but but at at any rate, you're going to see all kinds... Look at what's going on in the current administration. Look at what's going on. And everybody says amen. Look at what's going on with our situation here. <clears throat> and, and it's easy for us to get our attention on those things and for us to make our assessment that woe is me that God's, out, God's lost control of things. Make our assessment because it seems like they're not following God. It seems like God is not leading them at all. God's not leading them. And yet, at the same time, God has a purpose in it for us. And He's he's bringing these things to our attention. And so how do we react to all these troubles that are being brought to our attention? Or during your life, you say, you know, you get the, you get the timing chain fixed, you know, and then all of a sudden, your transmission starts to slip. Personal. That was last week. Okay, last week. Just got the timing chain fixed, and now the transmission starting to slip. It's like, what are you doing to me? I didn't say that. I might have thought it, but I didn't say it. He does it to show us what it is to trust Him and whether or not we will. He's doing it. To see, He's testing us. You see these bad things happening? What are you, what are you, how are you responding to them? You see all these bad things, these awful things that are taking place? You think that say that the water is coming in 
and there's not room for any more. In fact, we're going to sink if there's just a little bit more that fills our, you know, our, our, our ship. If there's anything more, it's going to be over. There's no question. No question it's going to be over. I'll say this. I can't believe God, the Lord hadn't already come. I mean, really. I can't. In my own assessment of the situation is to say, I can't believe the Lord hadn't already come before now. But that's just me looking at, and I'm sure that, you know, other people in the past, John Bunyan and other people in the past have looked at their situation and have, have thought it's pretty bad. Can't believe the Lord hadn't already come. Can't believe it hadn't taken place yet. And yet it hasn't. And the Lord's still on the throne. And He's still working. And He's still just as able to say, Peace be still at any given moment. He's still just as able to accomplish His purposes. And he, and not only that, even if He does it, what do we do? We got Him. We got Him. We got Him through the storm. We got Him through whatever it is. We got Him through death. Okay? If he, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. We got Him all the way. Israel... They acted in unbelief. Be careful about our own assessment of troubles that God brings to our attention. He does it. Show us what, whether we trust in Him and how often uh, do we assess our troubles <clears throat> uh, with it, it just in, inconsistently with God's plan for our good. He is working everything out. For our good, to the good of them that love the Lord. The giants say we must be off track following Moses into Canaan. We must be off track. We must be just going. We, this is not going to work out. And it's clear that, that this cannot be the Lord's will for us to keep following Moses into Canaan. And that's what they decided. And it's sad, but that's what they decided. <clears throat> we trust Him because He has called. Why do we trust Him? Which, as a believer today, think about it. Your yourself, your life. Why do you trust the Lord? Why? And I'm going to give you my personal testimony. We trust Him because He has called us to trust Him completely for our salvation. Okay, He's called upon us to trust Him completely for our salvation, though we can't even imagine how. <clears throat> or why that he would do so. Can't even imagine how or why that he would save us by his grace. But we learned, we leaned on him and his saving grace and he comforted our hearts with such peace and assurance that we could never deny that the Lord saved us by his grace. That he saved us not by any works we did, not, not by anything we've done, but rather, he, not by being you know, confident enough or, or being assured enough. That's what He does after we're, He saves us. We just simply were brought by Him to lean on Him. We were simply brought to that place where we could trust in His shed blood to save, save us from all our sins. It was brought to that place to, to have confidence that the Holy Spirit did do a work within us and changed us and we've he's changed my heart and my mind about sin and about God and about myself and, and everything there and we need to keep leaning on him why do we lean on him 
because he's proven himself. He's worthy to be leaned on. He's proven himself by saving our souls from sin. And so we as his people, but, but hear this warning. And understand this warning. And that is, please don't buy into the falsehood that faith is, a, is just a sort of you know, mystic power to make something happen that otherwise wouldn't happen. That's what the world is teaching us. That's what a lot of, large portion of the Christian world is teaching us. That faith is just is the ability, the power to make something happen that otherwise wouldn't happen. And I say, I say we need to be careful about that. Do we have a real faith? Do we have a real mature faith that the Lord can give us that would be a though yet faith? Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Is that kind of faith what we have today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time.